Hello and welcome to Like Mother, Like Son, Like Movies. I'm Aaron and I'm here with my mother Lisa. Hello. Hello and uh, yeah, so here we are. We now we are we got to the point in our podcast when we are we are going to talk about the uh, 2006 uh, remake of the original The Wicker Man uh, by Robin Hardy and Anthony Schaffer, um, produced and starring Nicolas Cage. Ah, uh, produced also? Exactly, yeah. Oh. He produced this film. Did he want to make money? I was just thinking that why ever did he do <laughs> this film? Maybe he was uh, wanting money that time or something. Yeah, you you would first think that Nicolas Cage just, you know, signed up on some kind of uh, absurd uh ambitious uh, horror film that he doesn't know really anything about some, Oh, what wicker man, what is this? Okay. I will just sign up and do, do, do this. And then he just didn't really know, understand the context or the thing, but he actually produced this film. So it says that he had like some kind of motivation. He had some kind of like, you know, he actually knows the original and he has seen it. And then he thought, I want to produce a remake of this original film. But it doesn't resemble at all about not the original in the idea. No, exactly. That's that's the that's the like the like like this film, this remake can be held as kind of the absolute example of how remakes can go so wrong. Yes. And how can they completely misunderstand the original film yeah. and and do something completely different. And they even like it's 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 really I think it's a fascinating movie to observe it in a way that you know, they, 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 they actually use the same lines yes. from the original. Not most of it, I, I, I think is completely like changed and different, but there is some parts where yeah. it's like, it's actually very, very recognizable that it's like the same line. Like, like they give a homage, you know, in the end to the original and stuff like this, but like that you can see two films that are supposed to be about the same thing, but are some, some, somehow completely different. Do you think that it's uh, because the original is uh, British and uh, this one is uh, American? From- there is there is parts of it, yeah. Like it, when, if we, if we go into like the, the the plots and stuff like this, I I can I can I can uh, 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 point out some some point- key differences of of cultural like differences. Ah, what what for example? Well, uh, okay. Like, if if we if we kind of start from the beginning of the remake, like <laughs> it, it, it's it's a very f- fascinating example of an American remake. Yeah. You know, like how like remember we we one of our favorite movies or like what we we held as a great movie is the Argentinian movie, The Secret in Their Eyes. Yeah, and which is a wonderful, very subdued wow. drama thriller. Like it's very, very wonderfully based out suspense drama, and the, I saw a trailer. I, we both saw a trailer to the American remake that they did, and it's it's like a parody, you know. It's like uh, what we were talking about in our Oscar podcast about the Eddie Isard sketch, where Eddie Isard, the British comedian, compares American films to British films, yeah. where British yeah. films have to be like very. They are very subdued and very kind of, you know, they have this mannerism. They're very kind. They're, they're nice and they, they don't do drama. And then Americans just 
cannot help but do like this amazing drama, you know, they're like drama queens. Yeah. And everybody's shouting and it has to be full of action and car chase and sh- sh- shooting with guns and stuff like this. And they just cannot help it. And, and that was what free billboards were all kind of was all, all about that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. If they had brought Francis McDormand into into Europe yeah. and made it in Europe, <laughs> yeah, that like would be a good one. Oh. But like, you know, in uh, internet, when you look for Wick, the Wickerman, you get always the American, this American one, yeah. and the same was with this this other one you said. This, um, the secret in their eyes. Yeah, really. Yeah, they wow. get the American one, and so the poor people <sighs> who don't know the original, they will never find out. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, it's quite sad. And like, and I, 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 I met some people, you know, who actually, uh, who saw the American Wickerman only, who never. You know, Ooh. search out or never yeah, because yeah. it's of course it's it's if you go to a DVD rental like you know any casual place or something, mm. uh, you will find the DVD of the Nicholas Cage Vickerman because it's more new. It's an American. It's basic horror. You know, it tries to be at least, but fails horribly. <laughs> but like so, and, and the original is kind of more obscure. It's more alternative film mm. you know it's a classic but it's it's very it's hard to find and it's a lot of this older and this more like uh alternative movies and stuff and like if if if, if i if i go back to kind of pointing out the key differences in the cultural landscape is that like the the it's already from the beginning the the main key difference between uh the original and the remake is so like hugely like different. Like in, in the original, we only have this short scene in the church where we are introduced to Howie, to the detective, to the police, yeah. the sergeant, or uh, and that's all we get of his background. And then then he goes to the island. In, and that's in all. The only, in the original, yes. Yeah. So. Um, and his only motivation to go to the island is simply because he's a police officer and he has to find a missing girl. Yeah. That's all. There's not no other need for 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 any personal connection or something. Then and then, then, yeah. <laughs> so then you have the goddamn remake where oh my god, so you have like now we have to follow Cage as a motorcycle traffic police. And he, and he has this 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 scene where he he beats up he he a girl throws a doll out of the out of the car and he picks it up and he uh, stops them and he and he brings the doll back and the girl is super weird it's it's like a I think it's like a demon child or something how how she acts all throughout this scene in the beginning it's, it's not natural at all no it's, it's something weird about this and it's supposed to be weird somehow but it doesn't make any sense yeah the, it doesn't in, make sense yeah in the, in the story and then the, the, the girl throws it again back and he goes skates goes on the other side of the road and the truck slams into the car with the with the mother and the girl and Nicholas Cates tries to 
uh, he breaks the, it, it starts to be on fire and he breaks the back, uh, back uh, window. And we have this huge action scene right in the beginning. Remember in the original, we still yeah. are just in a church and in the, yeah. in the American one, they, he, he has to, he tries to say to the girl, grab my hand, grab my hand. The girl just sits there doing nothing. <laughs> and then the car explodes. And Nicholas Cage goes back and then he's traumatized. And then Yeah, he's deeply traumatized and <laughs> and you know he's very good acting. I was watching this yesterday and uh, no I I watched this Nicholas Cage and he's actually acting very good. Very well. It's just the screenplay is completely a mess. Yeah, maybe it's hard to see because it's such a mess of a movie to see his acting abilities like Maybe because you know how you have to be something truly amazing to make this guy, this this character works. He cannot well, you know, and you cannot, and so it, you know, no matter. So so you cannot see it. Cage just and and I have a like if you go later into it, I have also like a like observation of that, you know. But um, uh, just to kind of finish finish the thing about the. Yeah. the yeah, yeah. The the beginning is that after that he gets a letter from his ex girlfriend that he was engaged to, written in perfect calligraphical style. Yeah, it's not, not handwritten. It's yeah. like a professional yeah. who actually has has had this you know little like so uh, magnifying glasses and he has yeah, like yeah. be careful. Professional written. Yeah, yeah, it's very weird and and he doesn't even question this. And then it's like and the ex girlfriend says that it. Uh, her girl is missing on this island and can you please come and help and nothing makes really sense about it and it, and that's why he goes there so you have the Americans felt that the original was lacking in two ways that first we have to have the American cop we have to have it traumatized of a previous failing yeah. You know, like that he couldn't save a girl, so now he has to save a girl, and he has to have a personal connection to the island. That of course it has to be his own girlfriend, and you know, and, and it, you know, you don't know this who that girlfriend was. It has to be Willow. Yeah, of course, it cannot just be a random, you know, sexual woman in the bar. Of course, the same Willow from the original has to be the the main guy's girlfriend, yeah. you know? And then in the original, you have to have you the, the main, one of the main key uh, uh, elements was that Edward, uh, not, not, uh, uh, Howie, who is the actor, I'm, I'm totally confused because in the, in the remake, Nicholas Cage's character is Edward, who goes to look for uh, Rowie Woodward. Yeah, Rowan Woodward. <laughs> yeah, so they, they mixed up the names of everybody, like, as, no. a, as a big clever. Yeah. <sighs> but, so, <laughs> so he, <laughs> the original, how he goes, and the whole idea is that he's supposed to be a devoted Christian, and he has this inner struggle to, 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 uh, to prevent himself being connected with Willow. Yeah. And, 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 and there is like, and, and it's, <laughs> it's very important. So in the in the remake, I was starting to laugh because of course they have to start kissing and they have to start having you know like the sex scenes and 
you know, <laughs> like, oh, it's like, oh my God. Like that, that's what I mean about the American. And also another last point is that in the end, when in the original, uh, Howie goes to the library to check the, about the, the old traditions yeah. where, he, where he finds out about the burning ritual. Yeah. So in the, in the remake, of course, it's a, because it's an American. What we know about the uh, uh, American, like detective stories, like Pulp Fiction, you know, like this. Uh, uh, um, who was the big sleep guy? Uh, Humphrey Bogart. No? no, the writer, the original. Ah, the Raymond Chandler. Yeah, like in these kind of detective novels, you know. Of course, he cannot just go to a library. He has to break into a house when nobody's looking, so you have the suspense and he has to look <laughs> through the books and then he has to like, that's that's the difference. In America, you break into a house and in the Britain, yeah. you go to the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to break into anybody's house. You know? Yeah, okay. It's a, it's a real mess. It's a real mess. So there is, there is so many problems from the beginning of the in the core. Not believable. There's nothing. These things are not believable. If you are allergic to bees, <laughs> it's a question of life and death. So he should be more alarmed and be, because he could die any moment. And, and it's a wonder he don't die there in that. And what yeah. is suspenseful in that place with the beehives? when it's formed in eight quadrilaterals, what you call them. And, you know, you see it from up and it's like a beehive and it's rolling yeah. there. <laughs> so, and he's sticking with the bees and he could die on that already long yeah. time ago before they get him anywhere. Yeah. You know? So, so he should go as fast as he can from the logically from the island. Um, but what is with these bees? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like it's it's so convenient for the movie to have him allergic to bees and to and be in an island goes, full of bees. <laughs> yeah, and he goes into that water hole, into this cave with the water hole, and ooh, and. <laughs> And he believes every silly thing. Yeah. It is paranormal, in fact, you know, which he don't even question at all. Exactly. He's thinking he that the world is paranormal. <laughs> he doesn't question anything, really. Like, like, okay, he's confused and he's angry because nobody makes any sense in the island. But he doesn't really, like, he co- he follows every stupid thing. And, and, like, what you were talking about, all these scenes, like... Basically, the remake thought that the cop is not having enough dangerous action in the original. Yeah. You know? So, so it's, it's incredibly absurd to, to try to follow how much the movie tries to come up with suspense and horror. In, within, yeah. Just- yeah. Within the same story, like in, in the very first, of course, we have to, uh, 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 like the, the first thing in the in the island, he goes to sleep the first night. Like nothing happens, like suspenseful for him. Everything is just weird. And then in the night, he wakes up and he has to go to this barn. Uh, yeah. And 
just which of like like he's he's sleeping and he has to wake up and he sees the girl running and he goes and follows her to the barn where he we just follow follow him walking around in the barn and he breaks the floor himself and then he's hanging and then he and he's in a dangerous position but he put himself in the danger there's nothing yeah. in the island that is dangerous except himself you know like um like like in the water like when he in the end he he goes to swim like and then he finds out that he cannot get out and you're like all the time laughing at this guy like man just calm down like don't you're you're it's it's like watching a mr bean character, yeah. you know like mr bean all the time making trouble because of his own stupidity you know and that's that's Gage's character and it's it's remarkable to 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 also see the movies kind of uh uh personality try to figure itself out during out the movie because like you have like it really feels like it it gets bored sometimes of itself like you have, yeah it, like you have, yeah yeah you like yeah you have the scene when it goes he goes to the airplane to get the radio and mm. he sees oh there's nobody here and the guy is not here like he's ah where is this guy and then he just sits down to wait and 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 literally the movie gets bored yeah it, it, it doesn't know what to do so what it decides is to have uh uh it decides to uh that gage falls asleep and dreams of roa being uh, drowned under under the what is the platform only to wake up and then find the roan's corpse on on his arms and then he wakes up again <laughs> From the tree, so it's a double dream scare, and Gates yeah. literally yells out like, um, "God damn it!" You know, like as if yelling to the movie itself, like this is getting ridiculous. You know, it's like, um, and and after and there's like scenes like when and every 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 single things like this, like there is the scene in the school where in the original he he. Um, opens the cover of the student table and he sees yeah. the beetle going around. Yeah. And in this one, and it's just like a detail of bacon, something I don't know, like what what they were, uh, what is what is the idea behind that? But uh, in the in the remake, of course, he has to go to the door, and then the, a, a, a crow uh, flies out, and it's a jump scare. Of course, they have to translate these kind of things into a very cheap, the cheapest, lowest possible horror filler. You know that it's nothing scary, really. It's just like stupid jump scares. But what wonders me is that uh, there are so good actors in this film. How did they get them there? You know, Ellen Burstyn is she's a wonderful actress, and Nicolas Cage himself, and Lily Sobieski. She is, she's the innkeeper's daughter here. Oh yeah, was yeah. It was wasn't it the same girl who was in the Stanley Kubrick Ice White Shot? Yes, mm. yes. She's a very good actress. She stopped acting, but yeah, uh, she's yeah, very good. So and the and the music is from Angelo Badalamenti. Yeah, I I. I, I didn't know that and I was watching it again like last and, and like like you say you start seeing more details and then I saw the music something Angelo Panama and I was like what what and I had to rewind it 
And it was Angelo, <laughs> Angelo Parlamenti. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, from it. David Lynch. You know, this wonderful thing. Now I start to to wonder what's going on with Angelo Badalamenti because uh, here he, it was nothing, this music. Yeah. So was it really David Lynch who is doing the mu- music himself? No, no. It's like they, they have done stuff also together and they I think Lynch has some and, directional stuff like this. But I, I do feel that Badalamenti also had his own influence in the Twin Peaks chest noir style. I was already admiring him as a, some kind of genius, but here it's not... But you know, like that, so, that's the paradox with Nicolas Cage, you know, because he, he's an f- amazing actor. He, he, he has deserved his Oscar. And, yeah, he, he, it must be that he's done this just for easy money, but I don't understand how they got easy he, money. He's it. supposed to be, like, I think nowadays, you know... 80% of his whole career is easy money. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's a real pity because he's a brilliant actor. One of my favorite, all-time favorite <laughs> films, you know, this adaptation. Uh-huh. He is in it. He's really good. And then he's in other films also, you know, which is one of the top for me is this Leaving Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's marvelous. And, you know, I love, I I fell in love with him in leaving Las Vegas, and I also fell in love with Elizabeth Shue. There yeah. I fell in love with Elizabeth Shue. So I have a soft spot in my heart for both of them forever. <laughs> and <laughs> and then there was an, a wonderful film called Moonstruck, where he was acting with Cher, you know, this singer, the singer. Ah, was it Nicolas Cage? Yeah, yeah Nicolas Cage, he was acting a, a man who, who has a romance fell in love with Cher and he has no hand. So his his arm is um, made up, uh, artificial arm. And it's a wonderful romantic film. Really, really uh, nice. I think it, it's uh, 1980s for something. Yeah, no, and, but, and, I, and I, I've seen people like really praised, um, was it Growing Up Arizona, the Cohen brother? Yeah, Raising, raising Arizona, it's Joel... Con, and then there's this Werner Herzog film, Bad Lieutenant, yeah. or the call of wonderful. So, but but Nicolas Cage, that's the thing, you know. Nicolas Cage, like now I can kind of explain also in, in the Wicker Man, is that Nicolas Cage has, you know, part of it, you know, he's he's not only a good actor, but he's a very entertaining performer. Like, yes. my God, he can really fill up a, a screen with his persona, you know, like he's, yeah, he's extremely, filled, you know, filled. like even so, like, like, you know, like you, you mentioned Bad Lieutenant and part of that, the greatness of that film is really Nicolas Cage's overacting, you know? Yeah, he he like like overact, but that's his style. That's his his bond that way. I think. Yeah, yeah, and there's beautiful videos on online. Like like um, there is some like for example, I read about this the, in the American Alamo House theaters. They do sometimes like this kind of uh, homage evenings for certain actors and certain like kind uh-huh. of yeah, also a little bit of kind of in a funny way and stuff to kind of show like little bit funny movies from certain actors and directors or something like this and not usually 
like the actors and the people don't participate in itself because it's a little bit, you know, you have to have a little bit of self-humor, you know, mm. to, to kind of get it that you are also a little bit funny sometimes. Mm. But Nicolas Cage was the only one so far, apparently, who actually came there himself and was kind of part of this evening to celebrate his overacting, you know, and he performed a poem by Edgar Allan Poe on the stage and he just, you know, overacted the hell out of it. Oh. And it was brilliant, you know, it was uh, no. wonderful. It's, it's, you know, he, he, he starts to, sometimes when you look at his performing, that it, he starts to get on the line of an artist performer, you know, like an art yeah. performance, you yeah. know, uh, partly. And he, he really like, when he, he's free and gets loose, he's something wonderful. Like even, even movies like, um, Con Air and The Rock. These are, but, but they're really like wonderful slock entertainment because of Gage's, you know, charisma and his, his feel. And, and, and I agree with that. But then there are others when we go into action, action films, just it's not good at all. There are some, just for, no. because, you know, what I want to say is that, for him fits those parts where he his his role is a um, kind of a unlucky guy who <laughs> who you know, who has no, no luck but in a way he wins anyway like all these films are like that leaving las vegas and this moonstruck and bad luck adaptation. and adaptation every no they're all like that and that's that's where his in, enormous energy comes out in the right way yeah, true. And like, um, well, like he can, he can really like, there's movies where it just doesn't work. And there's a lot of those movies where, and I, sometimes I feel like if, if they don't allow Cage to kind of break out of that, mm. like, like, like if, if the movie doesn't held up at itself, then, then it's just better to let Cage lose. And, and do whatever he is best at doing, you know, like um, uh, sometimes there's like this wonderful slog entertainment balance, like with The Rock and Con Air, where the film itself is also so dumb and every other character also an actor kind of balances it out that it's like wonderful kind of uh, package of everything. But The Vicar Man is like, you know... Um, uh, we talked about the original as being a cult film, but it's a, it's, a, it's a, the remarkable thing about these both films is that not not it's very rare that you have a cult original film and then somebody makes a remake out of it and that becomes a cult film of its own for it's very specific it's reason. It's yes, and Wickerman, the new new one, has reached uh, uh, a certain cult status because. What and how I kind of see it in the film is that the, the film itself is very absurd and very like a mess from the beginning, and the 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 everybody in the movie and the movie itself is like shaking. It's like nobody really can hold it together. Yeah, you know, even the, even every character is even like like the Willow especially. Yeah, she's, especially the Willow. It's yeah, Willow. yeah, yeah. Doesn't know what to do anytime. Yeah, things says, on... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me anything. Just, but I have to be so here. And, 
talk to you and it's just ridiculous and Nicholas Cage you can see every time they meet again and again he gets more and more frustrated like he started to get really angry at her like just please tell me what's happening and tell me something you know like <laughs> help me move this plot you know <laughs> and and I, I feel there's a moment I think it's the 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 doll scene you know when he after he gets out of the water when Willow helps him and he has this burnt doll and he gets he's totally he's totally out of his mind by this time and he shows the doll to Willow and starts yelling how did this get burned how did it get burned and Willow is like I don't know <laughs> don't talk to me anymore and at that moment I feel like in the movie Nicolas Cage snaps yeah, something happens in his mind and, yeah, yeah. and, and he, he, he totally lo- loses it he, yeah. and he, he becomes a crazy man and they are following a crazy man running around island uh, harassing children, punching women, wearing a bear costume. And my all-time favorite scene of all time is the moment when the, the teacher comes with the bicycle and they have this stupid dialogue, which is ridiculous. Why did she even came there with the bicycle? And then Nicolas Cage, I kid you not, pulls out a gun at the <laughs> teacher and yells, get away from the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's like, "What the hell?" And then Nicholas Cage takes the bicycle and angrily bikes away. <laughs> it's 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 so ah, uh, it's a miracle, you know. And and after that, you know, the ho- whole movie it's it's a bliss, you know. It's a wonderful, wonderful comedy, you know. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's one and, time to see, and you can't really. Of anymore. course, but it. I can say that I, I've been watching it like several times and it's a wonderful film to see with friends to laugh at all oh, of this stuff. And, and even if I now watch it alone again, I, I couldn't help laughing at the movie and I see more and more details mm. all throughout the, the films, like how, how in, in, in one way, how bad it gets the original like, just like, oh my god! Like these these filmmakers are idiots. They really yeah. didn't get anything. They saw the film, and this is how they thought about it. You know, yeah, this is their opposite. Everything is wrong. <laughs> yeah, and you remember the scene where he was undressing and going in his underwear to the swimming to the aeroplane. <laughs> 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 yeah and and um so the because of this because because Cage kind of gets free out of his constraints you know the chains break and Cage beast is free yeah. you know in a way yeah, that yeah. really elevates the movie in a way like he it, it becomes a much more entertaining and like and 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 because of this because and, and this is very weird like um the because of this unintentional comedy aspect of it, because it becomes so ridiculous, yeah. it's a mess. It actually, this is the reason why it became a cult following. It it, it now lays itself as a like a bad good good bad movie. Oh. You know, it, we I talked to we there recently. You talked about this the artist movie, 
uh, what is this? What is this? No, the, I was the artist. I mean, the room. Uh, remember, there was this new, the disaster artist. Ah, uh, the disaster artist. Yeah. yeah, that's what interests me very much. Yeah, so this this is a good example of that. You know, I, I was trying to tell you about this this culture of people kind of uh, movies that are so bad that they are so good. You know, they mm. have this entertaining value, and the room is held these days as the best good bad Which movie. Uh, the, the disaster artist movie is about making a film called The Room. Ah, they, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really interested. Yeah, That's one of the, yeah. So I mean, it would be interesting I'm, for you to. Get, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the Wicker Man is a good example of that. You know, it it. It, but do they laugh when they see it, yeah, or yeah. they are serious? These cult people. No, they are really laughing. Like, like it's, it's like the opposite of what I thought about the Vickerman. Like people were laughing. <laughs> like I, I didn't <laughs> laugh in the original, but everybody was laughing. No. Um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> but, but now everybody laughs, you know, and I laugh with them, you know. It's and they, I think they yeah. have they view it in festivals and stuff, and you know, and it's, but it can stand it, you know. The original can stand it that you laugh at it because it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And and the, the the interesting thing about this, what we were talking about, the disaster artist and the room, is that the Tommy Wiseau, the original, the director of the room and who acts also in it, he came out later saying that he intentionally made it a comedy, kind of to kind yeah. of uh, reverse the effect. You know, like uh-huh. he he tried to make a serious movie. I think everybody acknowledges that, but now he's like kind of saying because everybody laughs at it, so not to lose his face. You know, I just yeah. I think so. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, this is, I think, the general thing. And there's, I, there's no harm really in that. Mm-hmm. With this wicker man, it was the same thing. Nicholas Cage came out later saying that it was intentional. <laughs> I don't think but that's it's not that this is a good example very I think clearly. Intentional was to earn money, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it was intentional. <laughs> this yeah. I can I can imagine that this can be the only reason to make that film. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's um but like I said before is that when I was watching the film I, I really like kind of show so now a lot of the the because we we just now talked about the the Vickerman and stuff and uh, in the previous episode that I now really like when I was watching the remake I kind of had a very very clear view on you know what aspects did it fail yeah with uh, this new one yeah yeah do you want to talk about that uh, with which aspects the new one failed the old one didn't fail in any no I mean the new one. <laughs> Yeah, but and also why? Why? And- it failed in everything. Well, I think about this. You no, know, one thing here is uh, about the paranormal things. There are a lot of paranormal things happen there, which is not. It's crazy because there's no logic. There's what no kind nothing. of? No, the girl who is suddenly under the. Yeah, but it, but it was a dream. Well. <laughs> yeah, it was a dream. And the car in the beginning when it was mashed and then anyway the girl was alive and that was not the mother and it was the other mother and paranormal business and so on. Uh, There were a lot of those. Mm -hmm. 
So when you use paranormal kind of unexplainable things, there's a way to use it so that it advances the film. When it makes it film good, in fact, no, you can use it. Like I can say example of Francois Ozon. Mm-hmm. When he makes a film, he puts there every time there is something which is not explainable, which is a mystery, which you have to start to think and think for years afterwards. And what mm-hmm. is what is this? And it, it's that is the talent mm-hmm. of, of cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great when somebody can use it, or some all these great directors use it. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember this Dalla Maison, for instance, this yes. Francois Dalla Maison. Yeah, there was something strange in that film, and you can't catch it, catch it at all. You can't. Yeah. Roll it in your hands and you can't catch it. And in the swimming pool, this, you know, even in the last one he made, this Laman double. Yeah. There's a twin men, brothers who are the men there and who yeah. is who. And so, so there's some kind of a thing, you know, there. Yeah, so the... And it, it charms the film. It makes it good. Yeah, like in the another example for uh, people who would not know Ozone is like the signing, uh, the only supernatural element in that movie that cannot be explained is how did uh, Jack Nicholson get out of the freezer? The ghost unlocks the door. Yeah, that can, that's mm. the famously the only thing that you cannot explain by just him being crazy or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, and all, but there's this other thing is that the famous one is the labyrinth, that the hotel is a labyrinth when you can't explain which way it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go, like, deeper, you will find more and more. Yeah, so those make the cinema great, Mm. really good. So here they've done... (laughs) (laughs) Well, the whole film seems to be a big uh, mystery, (laughs) like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's what I want to point out. That yeah. it's uh, okay to use paranormal if you you remember, for instance, what we remember this strange film where was this um, where we were going into the head of John Malkovich. Yeah, where the one of the floors in the house were half half uh, height. Yeah. So how come there's a flaw between the flaws which not existing, and yeah. so you can go into the head of John Malkovich? So you can't explain that, but you get it. You take it as a fact. Yeah, yeah. It. Charlie Kaufman does a lot of that in his movies. That he, he, he there's a little bit of uh, kind of a hole of mystery, like a corner of mystery that yeah. cannot be filled, and yeah. yeah, that's kind of the unknown element. Mm. You know. Mm. So here yeah, they, they they have tried it, but they have gone lost. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good example, like how how they completely misunderstand the, what a horror is. Like like we have, what happens? We have been explaining like that they they see the original film and they don't think that oh it's missing all these jump scares and there's not no danger and there's there's it's like it's such a boring film. Like it it makes me feel why did they even want to remake this film? Why did do they even like the original film, or do you think they, that they could make a better one? Because they 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 
they put they fill in so many stupid uh common american horror film tropes just don't work just to kind of with with the understanding that oh that's how it should be or something like um like yeah it's a, we, we already mentioned a lot of these things and like and for me the, the really the, the 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 main core failure is the is the motivation of edward nicholas cage's character why he goes there because it 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 loses everything that the original Wickerman actually sets out to talk about, which is that now he has to have a ex-girlfriend connection and he has to have a trauma. And then in the middle of the movie, as if we didn't saw it coming, is that of course the girl is his own daughter. Which he believes just yeah. like that. How come? And it's funny later when he's like, rescuing the girl he he actually like speaks to her like his her own his own daughter but the daughter the girl has never seen him you know like it's it's ridiculous like yeah. but it, it um, proves to be his daughter in the screen screenplay but how come he believes it's just like yeah, that in so, the beginning yeah like so um the original idea is that the how we The only motivation is that he has to come and search for the missing girl. And from the beginning of the movie, everybody tries to um, tries to push him away. You know, mm-hmm. that's the whole point. And he willingly stays on the island. You know, yeah. he's, he's voluntarily there. You know, despite everybody yeah. trying to 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 push him away. But in the in the remake. Um, The, to to have the ex girlfriend Willow there to ask him to stay eliminates this 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 idea that he yeah. somebody yeah. is inviting him to be there, you know. That's what's amazing that it can be so absurd. Yeah, exactly, and um, and then and then the one of the big kind of examples where it it fails with the uh, Edward character with Nicholas Cage's character that doesn't have really any depth within the story. He doesn't have really any reason why it's him or, you know, why he had to come mm-hmm. there is when he goes to the school and in the original, they, yeah, they have this, they have the maple dance and then the teacher talks about what, what does the uh, maple represent? And the kids say that mm-hmm. it's the phallic symbol. And of course it's a phallic symbol and uh, the penis mm-hmm. and stuff. And then, And in the original, in the remake, the teacher just says out plainly that, so children, tell me what man represents in its purest form. And they all say phallic symbol, phallic symbol. And then Nicholas Cage is where in the original, Howie is shocked. And he's yeah. like, can you can you please come outside and talk with me, with the teacher, you know? He's, he's a very realistic character, you know, devoted Christian in the remake. Nicholas Cage's reaction is <laughs> like, ha ha, ha, whoa, school has really changed when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, you know, um, you know, uh, it came to my mind that maybe they made this remake because the original is a real horror thing, in fact. When they have this discussion and you can't you can't deal with it, you can't really deal with that story. That it's 
to, to it depends on beliefs. The world is with the beliefs. This is a really deep subject, and it's it's a uh, so so you can't you can't take it really in if you are a very sensitive person and you don't want to think about those things. So this is for the people who want to get it easy. Yeah, and and, and it's the same story. Yeah, easy. it's really. It, it's really a story that actually doesn't talk anything about religion. It has nothing to do with the pagan traditions. It has nothing to do with Christianity. There's, there's, there's absolutely yeah. no battle of ideology in the remake. And there is this women men business. No, that... let me. So ah, we will okay. get to that. But let me yeah, yeah. finish what I was, what I wanted to say is that. Oh, uh, okay, sorry. But in the school. The, the, the difference between Howie's reaction and Nicholas Cage's reaction is the perfect example of where it fails because Howie's reaction is, comes from his devoted Christian beliefs and this it, it illustrates his opposition against the, the island's traditions and the, the, the pagan yeah. ways. And in the, in the remake, Cage doesn't have any kind of uh, ideological base is it, no. and, and actually his reaction doesn't have any kind of opposition to to the culture of the island yeah. because he actually laughs and he's actually like sees it as funny that the children talk about the phallic phallic symbols yeah. and and that's the, the 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 main thing that lacks in this movie is that in no place Nicolas Cage is put as an opposition against. The, the culture of the island. The only, the only thing is like in the beginning, they, 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 they talk to uh, Edward as the city guy, you know, like, oh, is that some kind of city talk? And uh, Nicholas Gates views the whole island basically as some forest ludies, you know, like, oh, this is some out, like some, like uh, they talk in the beginning that they are like, are they some kind of, uh, Amish. Amish, yeah, Amish people, yeah. you know, and and when when and the and the, the one of in the original one of the main moments scenes when uh, how he meets Lord Samuel and they have the ideological arguments dialogue. Debate, yeah. you know? In this remake, it's it's basically reduced to <sighs> Nicholas Cage saying, "You guys are weird," you know. And then, <laughs> and, and, and they just like have a heated battle. And then Kate just says, "You we are talking about my daughter," and it's all about <laughs> and he, it's it's just personal. It's nothing to do with his yeah. ideologies or just a personal stupid journey that he has to go. And the in the original the 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 mysterious feeling that how he gets comes from the culture of the island. Yeah. You know, he just views the traditions weird, not really the people, but in the remake all the people are weird. Yeah. They act weird. Not but it's it's but it's like a cinema weird. It's like like how Will Willow is acting all the time. It's like this who who what who are you? What is are you a human? You know, <laughs> like everybody is just acting and even Gage is acting weird. Like there is, <laughs> there is there's this bag of sharks in it or what how Gage is like oh you have some sharks in that bag and he sees yeah. they are carrying and it's tripping of blood and it's something moving and he doesn't question it 
Yeah. Like, oh, it's just normal. Of course, you have a moving bag with dripping blood. <laughs> and they are like, do you want to see inside? Oh. And they're like, what's happening? You know, it's just a ridiculous killer. But yeah. uh, to, now we get to the feminism and the woman, you know. Ah, because, okay. Okay. because in the uh, it's very interesting to notice the difference character of Sister Samalile and Lord Samalile. So Ellen Bursting yeah. with mm-hmm. the Sister Samalile. Uh, because now in the remake, everything is around the beehive. And she is mm-hmm. the queen, of course. And mm-hmm. it's just that that's it, basically. It's just like no deeper <laughs> symbolism. It's just, yeah, of course, she's the bee queen. So, okay. Um, the and the sister Samalaya sees herself as how she describes herself is that she's a spiritual leader. So like, she's like a spiritual core of the island. She, she mm. calls herself as the representative of God, mother goddess, you know? Yeah. So her commune, when you, when you meet her finally, and when you look at the, the community, they, it, it looks very much like a cult. Like a yeah. spiritual cult, where mm-hmm. there's one leader mm-hmm. who says that I have heard the voice of God, you know, and I, I say you that this is that and this is this, and you mm-hmm. could say that viewed on this way, you know, that the Lord Samuel's, you know, community was also kind of a cult, but the key difference is that um, Lord Samuel didn't put himself as a spirit he didn't put himself on a divine role. You know, he just yeah. encouraged people to practice pagan traditions that you are free to, to do this and, and was kind of discouraging the Christian belief. And, and he was mm-hmm. really part of the community. Like in the end, when they have the ceremony and the tradition, he's part of the people. He's not as a leader, you know, like, of course he's a, he's the only key difference of, his superiority over the other people is his is only economical and intellectual one. Yes, and th- so they they put a lot more emphasis in the remake to to the character of Sister Samalas to make her more you know uh, like scary in a spiritual sense, where Lord Samalas is very charismatic and intellectual, and his arguments can actually make sense, and that's the that's the, you know, the the trap, you know, of, of the audience mm-hmm. also to kind of, to be careful of this kind of people, you know, because it might lead to you to burning people, you know, at stake. But yeah. the, it's also uh, not uh, to recognize in the remake that they they have this extreme obsession of feminism, yeah, you know, they like yeah. the the whole island is only women. He only talks to women. The men don't speak at all, and they are like uh, that. The community is like super feminist. Like that's that's their message. They want to kind yeah. of talk about how, like, when he's talking with Sister Samalile, that see her, in her way of speaking, it's like it's it's like that's how she wants to bring it out. Like that they have. Uh, the men have become the subservience and, you know, stuff like that. They don't actually like men. 
and, and stuff like this. And I think that it, it, it tries to make this, this way of feeling that the women have this power to put on cage. They can be in control of their community. But I think, uh, I think the movie does a huge disservice to, to actual feminism. Yeah. Because when you make the females villains mm. and you make men subservience, you cre- actually you mm. create a very anti-feministic message. Because yeah. it's not what feminism is. And this is actually what the anti-feminist think feminism is. You know? Like oh, like the yeah, film yeah. tries to show to the to the people who to the in an anti-feministic view to the world that see this is what the world will be if you let feminism go too far, and the and 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 it and the feminism movement actually becomes woman superiority, you know, over men. But it's it's very ridiculous and stuff. So actually, like in this way, it's very it's 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 actually a dangerous move in a way. And I feel like it's it's very weird to think what is the original motivation of the filmmakers if they thought that this was a good idea, you know. Well, it was a mess. They didn't really think of it. Yeah, maybe. Like, or maybe they didn't like women. It it feels like that. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of women acting there, no sensible women like Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, that's the the weird thing about it. Like, how did Ellen Burstyn thought that this was a good role to play? Was it also easy money or something like But, you know, when I... they thought about all this goings on in this new, this remake. So then I thought about that. What if they had done into the original one, like something element like that? No, there was not one element of paranormality or something mm-hmm. like, you know, like, let's say there was a palm trees. Yeah. We could yeah, see palm the, trees. Yeah. And then there was a, uh, with the palm trees, there was a sounds of, of uh, eerie sounds, <laughs> no, in the <laughs> So that would be ridiculous. It would take the bottom off from the whole point. Yeah. Whole story. No, it doesn't fit. There you can see it if you think it like that. Yeah. You can see that this is a complete disaster, this new, this remake. Yeah, I, I, I think you have a good point that in the original that might be the one kind of supernatural element is that they actually can, they have a good climate there. That, But maybe it could be explained by some kind of weather phenomenon that they didn't realize. No, but that's what I mean, that this good climate, this is exactly the point. That's the only thing in that film, no, is this, this tropical climate, which is not possible in Scotland. So that's the point that I was talking about, that some yeah. good directors use as an element to make a point which is gripping you, your mind mm-hmm. you know, forever. You know, like like uh, what you said about these films, like, you no, know, and I talked about Francois Ozon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that element mm-hmm. is there and you, we just believe it and it's unbelievable but believe it and it's, it makes a point. It's, it's very intelligent. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and they they just totally missed all of that. They, they yeah, they missed it. In this new one, they missed it. So I think we have talked 
enough about this. So, I have a, one last question that I want to ask you. Okay. Okay. Um, in the ending of the movie, um, hmm. did you see like uh, like kind of after Gage is burned? alive and stuff do you <laughs> do you have a scene that is like six months later yeah okay and did you have a scene uh, that is famously quoted not the bees scene the, in the end before they put him into the wicker man they they put a basket on his head and they pour bees into it and Nicholas ah no yells. it was not okay okay so because I was thinking of what worse version did you see because um, oh. there is different different versions of different ending and I think there's oh. a version where there is the six months later scene at the bar in the end and yeah. then there is and I think was- I think this is the what was indeed in the DVD. I think the theatrical release had didn't have that bar scene, maybe if I if I remember correct, but instead it had this now famous "Not the Bees" scene, which is uh, which is kind of uh, very peculiar because uh, it's funny because you haven't actually seen that because this is this is a scene that the film is most famous of. It. Oh. Before, <laughs> so I have, yeah, um, maybe I will send you the YouTube. I will maybe put it on the blog because, uh, yeah, everybody has seen it. It's 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 uh-huh. well, it's you know, there's nobody on the internet who haven't seen this because this is one of the greatest cage moments. You know, he's overacting. It. There, it's, uh, I can describe it to you. So there is a scene. Okay. Before they bring him to the wicker man. They, they they talk about the wicker yeah. man. It's so stupid, and they they like they break his legs. You can you can hear yeah. it, you know. Yes, yeah, but they, they, they didn't it. include it. They just cut it and they put like a narration over it, and you can hear it. And then you they they put a basket on his head, uh, like a mm. net basket, and they pour from a hole on the top. They pour peas into it. And Gates is yelling yeah. out loud, ah, not the bees. What are you doing? Not the bees. And they, yeah. this is, of course, allergic and everything. And he, and the, the bees are CGI and they are going all around him. And Gates continues to describe in horror what is happening to him. And it's one of the most wow. hilarious things you will ever see. But he, die, but he dies of the bees. Well, you can see it in, in that DVD cut version, you can see it when they bring him to the uh, wicker man. He's actually totally swollen and he doesn't look himself. You can... You ah, can well, he's anyway going to yeah. die quickly without this burning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to burn him. <laughs> but um, uh, but this 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 version, I think it was like a alternative ending, and I think it's maybe in a DVD or in a Blu-ray somewhere, like uh, maybe a deleted scene or something. And mm. they somebody put it on YouTube, and it became became a world famous video. But it's not no. actually in the actual movie, but everybody no. knows that scene still. So it's like a very weird, funny. Like yeah. it's it's part of why it became a cult mm. film is because of this scene. Because it's people have painted pictures of it, you know. It's it's one of the the legendary cage moments. It's not the B scene. You have to see it. 
no, and the, no, I just have one more thing to say before we end. It's that when I had the scene in the end about six months later, yeah, when they are in uh, those lilies, Sobieski and the other one are catching men in the bar. Yeah. Oh, these two men, suddenly I see, you know, <laughs> they're coming, two men coming to them, and they, it's, it's, uh, James Franz yeah. and uh, Jason Ritter. No, I know them from uh, from the other films. Yeah. No, really, I like them so much. So suddenly they are there. So it, it ended in a very good note for me. Yeah. Uh, all those yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the same reaction. Like, whoa, no way. Yeah. Franco. Yeah, no, that was kind of a... <laughs> No, a bong, bong it, house in a surprise this film every time you see it. Yes. It really holds yeah. up like multiple views and I, I think it's it's a it's an amazing film. It is But uh, yeah. So now we have to finish but I I, I couldn't give it, you know, any stars. <laughs> Did I give I, it any stars? I would, yeah, I give one star even to those who I don't. Can, can you can you give like you know one fifth of a star? No, I, one time I have given minus one star, but here. I, oh, yeah, and which one is that? No, I don't remember it, but it was completely uh, horrible thing. So, oh. so I would give one star, and I wouldn't recommend this to anyone. But. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Well, uh, yeah, it's you know, I I would recommend it to because it's a good bad movie, you know, and and you know, uh, drink some beers with friends and have a fun with Nicolas Cage punching women and harassing women in a bear suit. <laughs> uh, I mean, harassing children, uh, running all, everywhere, stealing bicycles and. It's and, and uh, just running into a pea field, getting himself in trouble. It's it's like a, it's it really is like a slapstick comedy, basically. Yeah, you know, it, uh, a hilarious failure in horror. Yeah, and 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 in a, in a contrast to one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, you know. Yes. So uh, now we have to finish and say goodbye. And yes. thank you for thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, it's me, Aaron, the co-host of the movie podcast you have been listening to. Uh, yeah, so we got the Vickerman out of our system, uh, both sides of the coins, so to speak. Um, I will just say quick words here at the end. First of all, if you want to know more about our podcast and get some extra material from the episodes, you can visit our website, mothersandmovies.com. Um, if you like uh, our podcast, you can share it with your friends. Uh, also, if you want, it would be really nice and help our show if you could rate us on iTunes. And um, the music that you heard in the beginning and now in the background was done by the big Kevin MacLeod with my additional remixing for our intro track. Be sure to join us next time and uh, when we, I think we will go and uh, visit an art museum. Thanks a lot and bye.